0: Don't you have any proven Major League talent? No. I want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to Miami. You want us to lose? We've been losing.
1: What I want is for us to finish dead last. This year, the Cleveland Indians have a multi-talented team. The first offering, just
2: a bit outside. They're masters of the sacrifice. He's looking to sacrifice a live chicken. One old chicken, just like you said. The double play. Excuse me. Than she does. it. Thank you for me, she really does.
1: And the pig off. Every time we win, we peel a section. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Berenger. Zipper on your skirt, stuck. Use your imagination.
2: These things make me look ridiculous.
0: Seeing's the most important thing, son. I don't think it's that important. Corbin Burnson and Bob Uecker. Hey, with swings and crushes one towards South America. Major League. Hey, everybody! Welcome to You Have to Watch This podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan, and I'm Devin. And today, Ryan's having us. Uh, take a look at a baseball film because i think baseball's back is baseball back (laughs) is it back it
2: will be back on the 23rd that is at the moment the official uh opening day for the 2020 season
0: okay so um, this is actually coming out that week so
1: (laughs) yay good timing i don't I don't want to derail this, but in what capacity is it being open? Because, like, I don't know anything about this. I'm, like, a complete, like, nobody okay, when it comes so to Okay, so it's
2: the capacity, to be perfectly honest, when it comes to fans. Uh, Major League Baseball, last I heard, is leaving that up to the local governments of each team. So, like, oh, wow. the Chicago Cubs and White Sox are going to be following whatever orders there are in Illinois and Chicago when it comes to group gatherings for fans. Oh, wow. So So, I mean, like, if there's a location where it's no more than 50 people... then i'm going to assume that 50 fans or a thousand people be it a thousand i'm not entirely sure so
1: um but they're like playing full games then right they're
2: uh they're playing full games they are Mm -hmm. implementing some rules that they've been hinting at experimenting with as in um if a game goes into extra innings uh at the start of the 10th that the uh, uh both teams will start the game with a man on second so kind of Whoa. like minor league stuff but that's oh. to shorten the game so because they're trying to play 60 games in two months or two and a half months wow so they need to you know speed things up like how we kind of like how we do have to today so <laughs> you know um and there's going to be other. We things don't have too. to
0: speed. We don't have to speed the show up today. I just said well, we have to. I have to edit an episode tonight, so we got to keep it to an hour, exactly. which we should be doing for all of these. Yeah,
2: I know, I know. And lately, we've kind of fluttered on that a little bit. That's all. If,
0: if we go, if we talk for three hours about Major League, I'll be very surprised.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, final thoughts, guys, on Major League. <laughs>
0: uh, funny,
1: <laughs> funny. <laughs> okay. So
2: Alan, continue with the intro. Alan, continue with the intro.
0: The movie, the movie today is Major League, uh, a film that Ryan had us watch. So Ryan, I'm just going to let you take over. Okay. So you take the intro. Okay, okay. How do you like them apples? That's fine. I mean,
2: I was just expecting you to throw it to me <laughs> to throw it to me anyway. Um, so Major League is a 1989 comedy, um, uh, written and directed by David S. Ward. 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 Um, Ward, 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 uh, who admitted uh, and who what, admitted in an interview that one of the reasons why he made this movie was because he figures that it's the only way that he'll be able to see his 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 Cleveland Indians win a World Series because he is actually a <laughs> Cleveland Indians fan. Um, and he also uh, written and directed, I believe, Major League Two. And he writ and was he writ the screenplay for Major League three Back to the Miners. So he's been involved with all three of the films, um, which I don't really recommend, to be honest. <laughs> Hold on. He did but the anyway, screenplay Wait, for Sleepless in yep. Seattle. Yes, he did. Huh. So the movie stars Charlie Sheen as the main as uh, Ricky Vaughn uh one of the one of the main players is probably the bigger name um uh you've got uh Wesley Snipes uh Kerb- I'm bad with names uh Corbin Burnson Corbin Burnson uh Rinny t- 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 uh, runt Ron- no Russo. Renee Russo. Renee Russo. How about you take these names? How about that? <laughs> <laughs> <You take>
0: these...
2: <laughs> okay. Um,
0: Tom Bergener, Margaret Witten, uh, James Gammon, and then Dennis Haysbert.
2: Okay. I've heard of yeah. some of these people. That's good. I was going to
0: say, you and I are going to have to have a talk about Dennis Haysbert later. Because I, I guarantee you don't know who that is.
1: I don't know who Dennis Haysbert is. You will. You will. Okay, good. Okay. I won't even look it up.
0: I, I'm gonna I'm going to blow your mind later. I can't wait.
2: So, So, um, my experience with this movie has, has gone back before I was six. I think, um, this was one of my dad's favorite comedies. And I remember being, and, and I remember it being on TV a lot. Um, it's one of those movies that is that like has a lot of adult humor in it, but it's very easily edited for TV. Um, Mm -hmm. and one of the, uh, And I just like the quotes in this movie, I either play over in my head when I get annoyed with somebody like the one liners just start pull just start porn uh, is into my head. And it's one of those movies that as a baseball fan, I really enjoy because they do a lot of actual baseball stuff and stuff that's like true baseball knowledge is thrown into this movie that and this film has also worked its way into the culture of major league baseball as in the players themselves will do things based off this movie um so it's really intertwined itself into the whole like baseball fandom um so there's that for me now i i know that ne- that neither one of you had seen this movie but um i have two questions for you One, what did you know of this movie or didn't know you knew from this movie that you realized watching it? And two, how did you like it
1: or not like it?
0: (laughs) Devin, you go first. Okay, so
1: I've seen – there's the the locker room speech uh, where he talks about how the one lady uh, doesn't like him or doesn't like the team. Yeah. Um, I've seen that scene – before in some capacity i don't understand where i saw it but i saw them like oh i've seen this part before um but that's all i've seen of the movie aside from the poster that has the picture of the baseball with sunglasses and a red mohawk um (laughs) i've seen that around everywhere yeah so that's all i knew coming into the movie uh and i liked it i mean i had asked earlier what movie did we watch i had asked earlier to watch more baseball movies Uh, because it's just a it's i mean or sports movies in general it's a genre that i'm not super familiar with and i thought of a couple things during this mostly that i i liked this movie a lot i think the comedy worked uh and the baseball like i i like watching baseball live i don't like i would i don't think i'd watch baseball on tv but if baseball on tv was filmed like this and cut (laughs) like this all day i'd watch it all day okay so i liked it okay um alan
2: your thoughts
0: I, I liked parts of it, but overall, it just wasn't for me, um, and we can get into why later, um, but I think Charlie Sheen has a lot to do with that. Um, okay. Yeah. So okay. I don't know how much you yeah. want to get into that now,
1: but I almost expected to – I saw him. I, I didn't know he was in this movie. I didn't know Wesley Snipes was in this movie and got excited for both but Charlie Sheen came out and I was like, Oh, I'm going to hate this. And I'm going to hate his character. And you know what? He was fine. There wasn't like, he didn't do anything overly Charlie Sheeny. And I was like, all right, that's because this yeah. is
2: before Charlie Sheen turned into Charlie Sheen.
0: Yeah. This is before tiger blood and, um, winning. Um, <laughs> but my, my problem is that that's how I know Charlie Sheen now. Like, I have that image in me before I see this. Not I see this, and then then he's going off on twenty twenty about Tiger Blood. Um, yeah, I wasn't a like it, just him being in the film like distracted me. I wasn't a big fan of the Jake Taylor character, um, but I liked Wesley Snipes, and I liked um the Voodoo guy.
1: Oh, he was fun. The Allstate yeah. guy.
0: Dennis Haysbert, the, yeah, the Old State Pre- guy. President, s- President, President Palmer from Twenty Four is the voodoo guy, Devin. That's him. That, That's yeah, it? yeah. No, it's not. It is. Yes, it is. That's so weird. See, so I really, yeah. I really liked his part of the film. Good. I'm, I'm happy about really, that. I, I had some issues with it because it's kind of like making fun of reli- his religion, like just to make fun of his religion, which I. It's like, eh. But well, this is from the, the from the '80s, so I'll allow and, it, I guess.
2: And and and, and I pass. think I think you'll appreciate it maybe a little bit more uh, when you find out how actual major leaguers take that character.
1: Okay, um, because they want to know.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so there are themes in this movie that we need to talk about. There is a not really a statement that I'm going to make, but there's going to be some. Uh, I'm going to share some thoughts about the cleveland indians in general and about what's going on in the news that has to oh, do sure. with the cleveland indians we're gonna uh that i'm gonna talk about um but okay so we've already gone through some of the characters um uh when it came to the characters themselves I, alan you already kind of stated yours but if you had to pick like the three characters that you got the most humor out of that you enjoyed the most
0: Yeah, for me, it was Wesley Snipes with uh, Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> um, Dennis Haysbert with Pedro Serrano. And then I liked the manager. Yeah. Uh, Lou, Lou Brown. I liked him.
2: Lou Brown. Um, I've got a fella I on just, the extra I line was... for some white
1: walls.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, those are the three for me.
1: Okay. So, I mean, for from- for me, Wesley Snipes was instantly likable. Like, the second he came on screen, I'm like, yeah. I'm on board with this character. I like everything he's doing.
0: Same with the with
1: the manager, though. And it sounds like I'm stealing Alan's list, but I'm not. Just because I liked, I, I feel like that kind of a demeanor. Hold on. Uh, I feel like that kind of a demeanor is what you need to kind of balance out how kind of over-the-top some of the cast is. <laughs> and I really, really liked that. And, I mean, this is going to sound weird, but... I got a lot of humor out of the the female manager um, just because of how, like, how much of a villain they set her up to be and how much of this, like, oh, I'm a Florida socialite just living in just living in Ohio. Yeah, that, like that part and like that juxtaposition of like, guess I own a major league baseball team now. I just want to be in Boca Raton. Like that made me laugh a lot. Like, so, I mean, it just that whole character I liked. Yeah, okay, so um, her character,
2: believe it or not, is based off an actual person.
1: No, it's not.
2: There was a guy who owned the Los Angeles Rams and another team, but I forget what the other team is, and he died. And his young – she wasn't a showgirl, but his young wife – took over the teams and everybody was freaking out. Like, what is she going to do? Like, this is back in, I think it was back in like the seventies or the sixties. And of course, sexism was rampant when it came to business, especially in sports Mm -hmm. business. And people were freaking out about like, oh my gosh, she's going to destroy the franchises because she doesn't know what she's doing. Um, And I don't really know what the fallout or like the end game was out of all of that. But I do know that she's based off an actual person. Um, Yeah. Another funny thing about her is that, Uh, Two years after this movie was released in 1994, 1993, the Miami Marlins became a team. So it it, it was a joke in the movie that they were going to move Cleveland to Miami. And then four years later, Miami gets an expansion team and they win the World (laughs) Series like three years after the fact. So
1: I just. (laughs) That's awesome. She got her way.
2: Exactly. She technically did. Um, So mine, um, I love Charlotte. I, I absolutely love Charlie Sheen's character in this. Yeah? Actually, one of my favorite one-liners from this movie has, has to do with him. Nothing he said, but it's something somebody says about him. It's when he gets off the motorcycle at spring training, and uh-huh. I think it's like the bench coach goes, look at this fucking guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, look I, I was going to say that, though. I was going to say Charlie Sheen, but not him. People that react to him. Yeah, he has some good one-liners about him. Yeah, that I like, but like that's not one character. Yeah, so
2: um, so Charlie Sheen, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Ricky Vaughn, uh, just little things like when he gets his first autograph, and it ends up being that the reason why he wants to get his autograph is because he was on ESPN's like Hall of Shame. And he just like he kind of like throws, you know, it at him. And then and then, of course, his reaction when he finds out that he slept with uh, Roger Dorn's wife and that he didn't know who she was. So uh, him, I like the catcher, Uh, Taylor, Tyler. Oh, yeah. With the knees. Yeah. With the knees. I liked him just just because of the old aging baseball veteran like persona and -hmm. just his like thing Um, he's also in the second one and there's a gag in the second one that has to do with him that I really like but his character development with his love story and everything it it's a nice light-hearted romance in the middle of a comedy so there's that and I also love the manager
0: (sighs) yeah Alan I disagree about the love story really yeah completely hated it tell me he stalks her like, okay, so the, the seeing her in the restaurant thing was kind of like a meet-cute, like a reintroduction to this old flame. Yeah. But then he just straights up, follows her home from work, like tails her car well, twice. Okay,
2: so here's the reason why that doesn't bother me in this movie. One, every character is ridiculous. Everybody has a very toxic flaw. Everybody has a toxic flaw in wrong. this movie. Almost everybody, all of the men, anyway, have a very toxic flaw, and his is the fact that he's a, he's stalkerish, um, and at the fact that like he's supposed to be like this smart veteran, and uh, and was it Wesley Snipes' character, somebody who is like he wasn't even invited to spring training, who just shows up in a Rolls Voice Volkswagen Beetle like tells him to you know just he just just matter of fact follow her home from work and he does it <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's that ridiculousness matched up with how dumb the people were that he met at is at her fiance's house that to me it's silly and you also have to take in the fact that it's the 1980s and granted yes it is it it, it the whole stocking thing is very creepy I will admit it's just. With yeah. how,
0: well, and it, yeah, and then it, the the whole thing about her is like she keeps telling him that he's not mature enough for a relationship, and then he just keeps doing stuff like that. Like they have that whole argument in the library, yeah, where everyone just stops and turns, which I I appreciated that gag the first time they did it. <laughs> um, I have a much better body than she does. <laughs> um. But, like, everything she said was valid. And then he's like, no, it, it's like, no, you you will be with me. No, you will be with me. Okay, I'll be with you. Like, it, it just...
1: Excuse me, Alan, it, he read Moby Dick, all right? Exactly. All Quick cakes, coffee.
0: Yeah, that doesn't mean, he, that doesn't mean he, <laughs> he needs to be a Moby Dick about it, so...
1: <laughs> you know, the only problem I had with the romance part of it was the Randy Newman-esque songs that would play whenever they were about to meet again. Because it would be like, old man gonna go meet a lady. Like every time he would like go to her house or follow her home, and I'm like, this is it really him. It was
0: actually Randy Newman, right? I,
1: okay. In my mind, it's Randy
2: Newman. This is something that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, uh that I wanted to talk about next, actually. Right, right oh. after this. So, um, but but first, the manager, uh, yeah. Lou Lou Brown uh the manager of the toledo mud hens one of the most famous minor league baseball teams ever i have no idea what the record is i have no idea about how many championships they've won all i know is that the toledo mud hens get referenced almost all the time whenever i'm reading stuff about the minor leagues so there's
1: that but anyway is it because is it because their name's hilarious i have no idea probably um it's like that sounded just like a gag. Like it sounded like it's, someone's like, Oh, the Mud Hens and like some writer in some room uh, was like, Here it is, it's a funny one. I I went to go see the Lehigh Valley
2: Iron Pigs, the minor league affiliate to the Philadelphia Phillies, play what? the play the, the the Toledo Mud Hens in uh an Allentown, Pennsylvania, like six years ago. They're an actual team. The Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs are called the Iron Pigs because there was a uh because of the Bethlehem Steel Company that used to be in that area. And Steelworkers... A nickname for steel workers was Iron Pigs.
1: Interesting. So,
2: minor league teams get funny names, but they're all regionally, Indeed. like, you know... Appropriate. Yeah. Um. So, now that we got all that out of the way, the song yeah. at the very beginning of the film, were you guys expecting Randy Newman?
1: Was that actually Newman? That was actually Newman. Yeah, so... No, not a little bit, <laughs> but I liked it. And I don't usually like me a lot of Randy Newman. Okay.
0: I really wish th- at the end credits it was just Randy Newman singing talking baseball. <laughs> talking b- baseball.
2: <laughs> so, um, if I'm right, and I'm not sure if I am, uh that song is about the Kawahoga River, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um mm-hmm. Uh, do you guys know about the famous event that happened on that river, like back in the sixties and seventies? Did it catch on fire? It caught on fire, and that's what that song is uh. about. Um, so that I, I just, I, I just wanted to know if you guys knew that because I find it funny that Randy Newman of Old People is singing a song about one of the most embarrassing moments in Cleveland city history to open up a movie about their baseball team. <laughs>
0: I think the the most embarrassing moment in Cleveland's history is the cancellation of the Drew Carey show.
2: Oh, agreed, absolutely agreed. We're We're
0: gonna get that show back on the air. We better
2: weren't they the ones that tried to set the world record for the most balloons set uh, (laughs) set and they completely destroyed their
1: like city for like a week or something like that. Surprise me, Cleveland.
0: Yeah, so they they, they didn't. They didn't actually shoot it in Cleveland. Huh? It just took place in Cleveland. It, they didn't shoot it in Cleveland. What they the shot sh- it on a soundstage.
2: Oh, in, I'm in Los Angeles. I'm, I thought you were talking about the balloons. I'm like, they didn't shoot the balloons down. <laughs> they
0: didn't no, they didn't shoot the Drew Carey show in Cleveland. I think they did like Not the sure. opening numbers for Cleveland Rocks there. But
1: okay. also, Ryan is right. There's the doomed Cleveland Balloon Fest of 1986. Oh no, Cleveland! What are you doing? Like, get your shit there,
2: together. They're being Cleveland. They're being Cleveland. Okay, so. Um, what this you- is
0: going to get cut, but Pennsylvania is like a shit sandwich between New Jersey and Ohio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pencil Anyway, moving on. Um, so, when it comes to the Cleveland Indians, the film, uh, the team that this movie's based around, what do you guys know about their history?
0: I know they're from Cleveland.
1: Okay. Really, that's all I know. I didn't know anything okay. about this. I had a feeling that's that- fine. I had a feeling that they're in the news lately. That's okay. The whole time I'm like, okay. Oh, they call this their teepee or their wigwam. They're probably in the news now.
2: Yeah. Okay. So to move into that conversation, the Cleveland mm-hmm. Indians, last time they won a world series, like 1948. So wow. they are now, I think the team with the longest world series drought, because they played oh. in 2016 against the Cubs. And it was like the two teams with the longest drought, you know, going against each other. Um, they were originally called the Cleveland Nips back before 1914. And the the reason why they got the nickname, there was some guy who had a name where shortened as a nickname would be Nip. And so they turned it to the Cleveland Nips. Um, mm-hmm. After he left, they went for a new nickname and the myth or the, or the, not the myth, but, but like the legend story is that there was another team in Cleveland called the Cleveland spiders, which there was, and they had an outfielder who was native American and to kind of tribute him. They called the team, the Cleveland Indians as a tribute to him. The problem is this is 1914 and I don't really think a native American would have much say about what kind of name he would be given. Right just saying nice. um and the symbol that they use the, the the face chief woohoo i can't find now on their wiki page it used to be on their wiki page yeah that was his name chief woohoo oh no so oh, boy. um back in like the like even in the movie uh harry doyle not yeah um harry harry doyle who's played by um euchre bob bob uh Bob Uecker, who I'll get into him because he's a big baseball guy, like truly uh-huh. a big baseball guy. Um, he uh, during, during, uh, during, uh, during one of the radio shows that they show him doing, he calls it like uh, Tribe Woohoo. Like he used both nicknames at the same time that fans like to call themselves. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's bad. I mean, it is. But they are actively looking for a new name. They're actively looking for a new symbol. Um, they have oh. put forth the Cleveland Sea as the as their team symbol now so chief woohoo is pretty much gone
1: oh yeah so
2: he's blown out of the water so things are moving forward in cleveland in that
0: in that thing with with this whole conversation yeah are the browns changing their name too
2: The, the browns are named after the guy who founded that team whose last name was brown
1: okay I didn't know where it was. That was, yeah, That's that fine. was more boring than I thought it was going to be. That's
2: yeah. that that is perfectly fine. These conversations need to happen. They truly yeah. do because uh, a lot of because yeah. I mean like people don't really think about where, you know, about where, you know, these names come from. Um but yeah. So yeah, no the, the, the Cleveland Browns were named after the founder and that was his last name. Just, okay. it, just it just it just it just, just like how the Green Bay Packers are named because uh, it was the, the Green Bay Packers team was, or was originally a football team from an Acme meat packers plant, and it was the employees that huh. played. So they called themselves the Packers because they packed meat. And so now
1: wow. they're called the Green Bay Packers. Interesting. I, you know what? I think I always thought it was something like that, but I never heard it. So I'm happy I know that now. Yeah.
0: They might be my favorite team because you get meat and cheese. so real quick before like this is semi related to sports okay um but i'm bringing it back to what i know um which is the internet so you guys know about gritty right
2: oh of course yeah the philadelphia flyers mascot yeah yeah
0: yeah so i saw online that the guys from queer eye gave gritty a makeover i saw that i missed i didn't watch the whole thing uh, he was nominated by the Philly fanatic, so that brings it back to baseball. <laughs> there we go. Um, the but best they filmed mascot the whole season in, in Philly, so that's cool. Yeah, that's a thing on the internet to I check out.
2: I love that. That's cool. Philly fanatic, best ba- the best anyway, mascot ba- in sports.
0: Back, back to Cleveland and their rivers on fire. Rivers on
2: fire. <laughs> um, so uh, Bob Uecker plays Harry Doyle. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Uh, the Cleveland Indians play-by-play radio announcer, the 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 voice of the Indians. Um, what
1: did you guys think of him? He was the one that said he like said a swear word, and he was like nobody's watching this anyway. Was that yeah him? yeah? I yeah, liked yeah, him. That's him. I liked him a lot. Yeah. So um, you know how he? Oh, sorry, Alan. I see you're sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, evidently, I've been quoting him for years and just didn't know it. What? 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 The just a bit outside. Yes.
2: Yes. Oh. You're going to love where that came from. Do you want to know where that came mm-hmm. from? Sure. <laughs> he made that up. That wasn't scripted. Really? That was not scripted. Aww. They told him what, you know, what would be going on on the field for his scenes. And he just mm-hmm. ad-libbed it. Um Do you want to know why he was like, so... Did he come off as a baseball guy? Like, did he kind of come off as kind of, like, knowing the stuff at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had the, the sense, I don't know who he is really, but, like, okay. I had the sense that, like, he was, like, a real, like, person in the radio, sports radio world, and they were, like, or sports broadcasting world, and they're, like, yeah, why don't we just use the real one? Okay. So, Bob Euchre, prior to
2: this role, had had been doing play-by-play for the milwaukee brewers a team that he retired as a player on like 17 years before this movie came out he was on the st louis cardinals world series winning team in like 68 i believe it was um so he's, he's, he's a big baseball guy. His batting average was horrible that year. But anyway, um, the, uh, the, the guy who made this movie didn't realize that he was doing play-by-play for the Brewers. Um, he just knew of him and thought that it would be funny to get him. And he's actually a pretty funny guy. I would highly recommend for people to go to YouTube and look mm-hmm. up Bob Bucher's Hall of Fame introduction speech. It is one of the funniest, dry comedic speeches you will ever listen to. Oh, I like that. (laughs) Um, And see, I thought,
1: yeah.
0: See, I, I I got the impression that he was just a baseball announcer guy. Yeah, like they just like an actual guy who did it, like not even a character. Just they pulled the guy. Yeah, (laughs) because I'm a I'm a fan of the film The Replacements. Yes, and in that one, they just have John Madden and Pat Summerall doing the announcements for the football games yeah yeah
1: yeah so bob buecher devin have
0: you not seen that no oh is that we'll put that one in
1: the bank yeah 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 then no i've never seen that one okay
2: oh man so we'll but then we put that one in the bank for later um one of my favorite lines comes from him it's when he's doing his radio show um Mm -hmm. and he's talking to the fans and he says, "In case you haven't noticed, and by the attendance, you haven't."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, he had a um, lot of zingers like that, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's
2: good." And the thing is, though, if you listen to him actually call a game, he calls it straight. Oh wow! He doesn't do any of this stuff. Like he is <sighs> just a hardline, hard nosed, old school baseball guy. It's to me, it's heaven. I like. I love yeah. listening to him call games. Um, so. Speaking of like lines and gags, like your guys is like either, you know, three favorite lines or like your your favorite moments that you know that like you really got or you really you know, for whoever.
0: Uh my favorite gag in this was just the two guys working on the field who uh were <laughs> speaking a foreign language and just being like they suck
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're <shite>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go i kind of sang that a little bit but whatever <laughs> yeah it
0: was, it was good all right, well, why yeah. the attitude in post yes. the,
2: there
1: we go i think one of my favorite i mean just scenes itself is the what you had said the scene where and i forget his name but he walk, He follows that girl home and they walk into, like, all of those people that, like, just don't understand or know baseball. Yeah. And I think my favorite line was, like, Cleveland still has a baseball team? And he's, like, yeah, we have uniforms and everything. <laughs> like, I liked that line because I was, like, it just landed right for me. Like, that was one of the ones that really hit hard. Well, and then just it, how yeah. that whole scene played out, too, was so good yeah i mean th- th- th-
2: that scene and her fiance's friends is great um one of my like was a my favorite moment from that scene is when she asks about how much like you know like how much do baseball players get paid nowadays and he gives you know he gives what the league minimum is yeah and uh sh- and then she asks him you know it's like how much
1: do you make and he just kind of nods and goes the league minimum <laughs> the <You> know, league... <laughs> i i mean in that scene specifically i liked the so i love awkward scenes i just do um, yeah and that might that might make me a bad person <laughs> but i just like that when they were like he was like yeah one day i planned on having a daughter or a son go to the olympics and win a gold medal in the what was it the 200 meter swim yeah. thing and they were like oh what did you do in the Olympics? And she's like, two hundred meter swim,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, it's awkward now. Give me she, that. The, yeah, that's part of the reason I couldn't stand that story because it's just him manipulating her into be like, love me. <laughs>
2: like... Well, I mean, okay, so so here, when when it comes to this movie, you've got um, Doyle and you've got he. He's a veteran, but he's caring about his future more than the present. So he doesn't dive the way he should to stop ground balls and he messes on his wife and she gets back at him for sleeping with with you know Vaughn. Um but like his main flaw is the fact that he's self-centered. Um and you've had a ch- a uh, Charlie Sheen's character was that he didn't want help from anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had we, 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 bleh, stuttering all over the place. <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes um, just uh-huh. wanted to show off all the time. Everybody has their flaw. And Taylor's flaw, or Tyler's flaw, Taylor, um, was that aspect. Because everything else he was dead on. Like, he... he uh, was it was a... He was their leader. He was the most level-headed guy inside the locker room. So he needs a flaw. That's his flaw.
0: It's a pretty big flaw, though.
2: It is. And it's the fact that he has no other flaw ever. And again, like you said,
1: like it's...
0: I mean, his knees. Well,
1: that's physical. (laughs) Yeah, but still. So they kept talking about his knees and how, like, they were such a big deal. Were they just fine in the end? Like, no, no, I, no. I guarantee, I guarantee
2: that there was a scene in this that was cut where he was getting yeah. like painkiller shots because even oh. back in the eighties, they were doing like, like, uh, shots to numb like joints. Oh, wow. They do that now. Like that's like, like, that's one of the reasons why some players retire. Um, it isn't because of, you know, they don't want to play anymore. It's because they're just sick and tired of the prep to play at that level. Like, they don't want to deal with it anymore, and that's part of it.
1: Okay, so speaking of playing at that level, this movie brought up a lot of questions that I had about what playing in a major league level was like, and Ryan, I need you to answer them for me. Okay. So, first off, do they really sleep in bunk beds at training camp? (laughs) That – Yeah, they like they were just all in one room. I'm like, no.
2: Okay, so as far as I'm aware, whenever they go on, like, it, some of the players have their own homes wherever <laughs> spring training is. All of, majority, it's supposed to happen. All of the teams on the East Coast go to Florida. All of all of the teams on the West Coast end up going to Arizona.
1: Okay.
2: For spring training, as far as I'm aware, some of the players. Have their own places or condos or apartments down in those locations um players who don't, I'm going to assume they have room and board for them somewhere mm-hmm. um, I think the whole bunk
1: bed boot camp setup was just easier for them to film. that makes sense, but it also put them more in close quarters, so like you could watch the tension build between them and then the whole like red card scene. Is that real too? The red, I had a lot of, I had a lot of training camp questions. Okay. Okay. So
2: I'm going to assume at some point it was Mm -hmm. maybe in like the 70s, 60s, 80s, maybe some teams were still doing it. Um, It definitely created a lot of good drama for spring training so that I don't Mm -hmm. really know, but I'm going to assume that at some point, some team implemented something along those lines. Got it. for for that to be in there anything else so yeah uh
1: (laughs) these are just these are questions i had that i need answers to okay okay just spit them out I, i understand that the rules of major league baseball say that there isn't a salary cap but i feel like they have to have rules about minimums and about like minimum standards of quality for a lot of stuff and part of the plot is that evil lady wanted to take care of or want to get rid of a lot of kind of their basic necessities. Like, Hey, they were going to go fly to another city. Here's this terrible prop plane. That's going to take them there, which like I enjoyed. I thought that part was funny that yeah. that series of jokes worked for me. Uh, and like the, the hot tub was like a boat engine that they set <laughs> like way too close to someone's feet. for me <laughs> to think They're not going to get cut off.
0: Like, yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, his feet. Um, Are they allowed to do that? Like, is
1: it it really that like vastly like you're
2: talking about guys who are putting their body physically on the line to make uh, to make the owners millions, if not billions of dollars a year. And Mm -hmm. they would no, they would not do that. Plus, they're
0: unionized, right?
2: Oh, they are heavily unionized. Whenever anybody talks about the dangers of like unions, I'm like, you want to see how they work? Look at pro sports. <laughs> Look at pro. Oh, wow! <laughs> you want to see. Dangers of
0: unions. Who would ever talk about the dangers of unions, Ryan?
2: <laughs> I know some people. Believe me. I know people.
0: I know some companies. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all worked for that <laughs>
2: company. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. You worked for them, too. I, I did. forgot about that. <laughs> for like two weeks, right?
2: Exactly. It was great. There we go. Okay. Uh, any other questions? about um, from you well, Devin come, about oh i i know i'm going to come yeah. up
1: with more but those are my big ones like is training camp really like that and like there has to be some kind of minimum standard for these people cuz they are performing at a high level yeah no there they is i mean cuz it looked like they put them in like a metal tub of bog water with a, a propeller yeah i
0: have got a i've got a question for you so they in the movie they make the yankees to be like their main rivals yeah who, who is Cleveland's main rival rivalry
2: uh well at the moment
0: because the Yankees just seem like generic we need rival. yeah everyone knows the Yankees
2: okay well the reason why the Yankees were their rivals in um uh, in the movie was because at that time um the Yankees would have been like. Honestly, yeah. everybody's rival. Like, that's just time period that makes sense. Um, that's that's not the director going, well, the Yankees are a popular team. Let's just throw the Yankees in there. No. The Yankees played within the Indians division.
1: Okay. okay. So, so that's was, something
2: that, yeah. yeah. So uh, in 1994... Uh, do, 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 do. So prior to 1994... The, it was just split in American league, national league. And then you just played each other. And then like the two top three teams went to the playoffs. Like I'm probably getting some of that stuff wrong, but just, I'm just doing this real quick and simple. Um, and then, and then in 1994, they, uh, they wound up, uh, the Indians wound up in the central division, which would have taken them away from the Yankees. And now they're in the Eastern division. Um, in the American league, which now they do play the Yankees regularly. Like that's one of their main teams. They play every single year is the Yankees. Just like, just like how the Phillies play the Mets a tons of Mm -hmm. time a year. And the same way the Cardinals and Cubs play a lot every single year, The, 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 the Indians and the Yankees play a lot against each other. Um, in fact, the, the, the player for the Yankees that they had is like Vaughn's main rival. Like, uh uh haywood the guy that hit the yeah. home run off of him in his first game um he was actually a real player he was their assistant for to keep, you know like to to keep things real like you know how mm-hmm. like in saving private ryan uh tom hanks's commander the guy with the white mustache who sends them on their mission yeah he was the military instructor for the movie itself So he was in the armed forces and he was there to make sure that that they he was there to make sure that when they needed to do something correct, he was there to point them in the right direction. That's that's what that actor was there for, 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 uh, for, for, for the movie. Funny enough, he was a pitcher. Oh, uh, Same
0: thing with Arlie Ermey in uh, Full Metal Jacket. Like he was the military consultant for the drill sergeant. That's exactly. Cool. And then, uh, and then um, he was better at it. So Kubrick was just like, "Here, you get on camera." <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah. So okay. So I so guess that answers that. So uh, uh, some funny things. And this is where this ties into where like this movie ties into actual baseball culture and actual mm-hmm. baseball fandom. So when this movie came out, there was a pitcher who played for the Cubs. His name was Mitch Williams. When this movie came out, he, uh, he, he adapted the number 99, if I'm correct. Um, uh-huh. And he started playing wild thing whenever they'd call him out of the bullpen to pitch. So he, <laughs> so he very temporarily got the name got the nickname wild thing now prior to this movie coming out you know going up to bat they play music you know when you mm-hmm. go up you get your music played to walk up and, and hit um that wasn't a thing for pitchers especially closers somebody who comes in to only pitch in the eighth and ninth inning to close out the game um this started that in fact now most closers when they come out of the bullpen, like the the team's number one uh closer has a theme song to walk out to and to listen to to warm up um and this is something that i asked you guys before um if you guys were major league pitchers closers and you could pick any song to walk out to what song would it be
0: i have a list that's fine that is perfectly fine well first of all i asked my wife what she thought and she's like one, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> um, but she said that my song would be uh, Hall and Oats," like, <laughs> yes. like, you make my dreams come true." I am like, "Okay, that's not what the vibe we're going for," but okay. Uh, but no, my <laughs> list is um, "Learn to Fly" by the Foo Fighters. Aw, that's a good one. Um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme. Yeah, just like the the heavy guitar. Um. And I had another one, but I forget what it was. Devin, what were yours?
1: So my immediate one was I went on the internet and tried to find an auto-tuned song version of the Coffee is for Closers the, uh, speech from Barry, Glenn, <laughs> Glenn Ross. And I wanted it to be that so bad. which uh, And I couldn't find one.
2: Which, if you're a major league pitcher and you get named a closer, you can't have that made. Right, because why not? Why not? Um, there was actually a player um, who played for the St. Louis Cardinals. His walk-up mm-hmm. song to bat was the Money Song from Wolf of Wall Street. It was the <laughs> hmm, hmm, the pounding on the chest. It was that. I
1: like that. Like it was
2: that for for you know a while. Um, I have two. I have okay. just like Alan. I kind of have a list um, because I'm stuck because my walk-up to bat song as a baseball player. Would be wake up from Rage Against the Machines because it starts off with, you know, the heavy guitar, the rhythmic uh, drums, and it's got that grungy feel to it. And to me, whenever I hear like the first 30 seconds of wake up by Rage Against the Machine, I just think of somebody squinting with like a really ticked off look on their face, like somebody who's just ready to fight. And it was like, that's exactly what I want. But... Coming out the pitch different song okay Hammer fall by Queen I don't
1: know if I know that one I have to know that one
0: i I don't think I know that one oh. Wait, was, that, was that was that in baby driver no it was not in baby driver okay okay oh I gotta look that
2: up Hammer fall was one of the songs they sang at that uh, charity event in eighty five
0: that charity live aid, live aid. You guys know what I'm talking okay. about. So I don't yeah, have to say I
2: do. it. I do. I do.
0: <laughs> oh, I think I know which one you're talking about then. When
2: the hammer will fall, you know, that whole thing. Oh, it's kind of like, yep. you know, like classic rock, you know, think it's got the heavy guitar at the front. Um,
0: I'm sorry. I got distracted because I have YouTube open on my other screen. Uh-huh. Devin, I found three remixes of the Glengarry Gary, Glenn Ross mix. Did like, you really? Siege. Yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't find them at all. I got <laughs>
0: okay, yeah, right. sure it. So there then. you
2: go. You, you got it.
0: Because
1: I came up with a backup one in case that was too lame of an answer. And mine was Carry yeah. On Wayward Son because I love that one. I got
0: you. In my my that that is a good one. That actually came on the day, and I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, I remember playing this in in high school." Yeah. Uh, My my third one was uh, "Come and Get Your Love" by Redbone.
2: Oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. So one of the more famous songs, like there was a pitcher. His name was Trevor Hoffman, one of the best closers. You know that's done that that you know. uh, specific job like probably like top 15, top 10. Um uh-huh. and his walkout song was is was Hell's Bells by acdc dc Oh, uh, that's a good one. He pitched for San Diego, he pitched for uh for the Brewers, but that was his walkout song was Hell's Bells and he was just known for that. It was it was kind of like a pro wrestler. You know how like people know pro wrestlers b- b- by their walkout song. It was kind yeah. of the same thing. Um so I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you guys that. And then um, in 2016, again, this uh-huh. is tying Major League Baseball into actual baseball itself. In 2016, when the Cleveland Indians were going to the playoffs and going to the World Series, two of the players okay, got two statues of Jobu
1: <laughs>
2: and put them in the clubhouse. And they first uh, offered vodka. And when vodka didn't work, they, uh, they offered him rum, and that game they won like six nothing, or they went like six straight games, um, and then it, and then of course in the playoffs, um, they actually sacrificed a supermarket chicken in the clubhouse to Joe <laughs> Boo.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, so, them. so I really appreciated those jokes. The only problem I had with it was like the whole, like my religion is better than your religion. Cause that stuff just, it gets uncomfortable, I, I just, it it gets, is, it's uncomfortable and it's not necessary. It is. And
2: here's why like the, the, the tie-in is with that. When, when you get into clubhouses, you get a mix of people, you get people from every walks of life. They're you know, you get people from different faiths and a lot of baseball players, especially from this country are super Christian. They just are. It's just, you know, it's one of those things. And the director was kind of poking fun at, you know, uh, uh, people in like uh, people in clubhouses, like really not, you know, they're like bumping heads. It just uh, it just like how whenever the pitcher Myers or Miller uh, would go to do something in response to his faith. Doyle the shortstop would roll his eyes and walk out of the room and Mm -hmm. then you've got him picking on um, uh, the Allstate guy for Joe Boo and then they go back and forth at each other so to me the jokes was spread evenly around everybody they didn't make the Christian guy more legitimate than the voodoo guy even though the voodoo like you said it, 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 just like Alan said, I will say this is very Hollywood stereotypical voodoo. Like this is like cartoon voodoo, and that's where to me is where the, the cringiness is. Like, yeah. I is that's you know, uh, uh, that's uh, uh, that's where it is for me. And I said before about I how mean, I think, yeah,
0: I, I think Dennis Haysbert handled it well. Um, those jokes were in good hands. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, that then goes to one of my other favorite lines when Brown, uh, whatever the the coach goes, um, nice catch. Hayes. don't ever fucking do it again. <laughs> or he just leans into him and he's like, congratulate Like, that's, that's great. But don't you ever do that again? Yeah. Um, But, okay, so one of the things that I mentioned before about how they do a lot of nuanced things with this movie about for true, like, baseball fans, like, baseball history fans, Mm -hmm. and this is one of those things, and this is in the trivia on IMDb. After Vaughn strikes out Haywood, um, he is congratulated in the dugout by a player named Keenler, messing up that name more than likely, Mm -hmm. K-E-L-T-N-E-R, Ken Um Ken Kintler was the third baseman on the 1941 Indians who fielded, uh, whose fielding heroics helped end Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. Oh wow! So the guy, so uh, Joe 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 DiMaggio still holds that record. That means that he hit in 56 straight games. Probably will never happen ever again. Um, ever. And he ended that streak against the Cleveland Indians and the third baseman who stopped that they put his name on the back of one of the players for this movie.
1: Oh, that's as cool.
2: kind of like that's a cool. tribute to, you know, yeah. as a, uh, as a, as a, as a tribute to that. Um, Deep cut yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, 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 very. Um, so out of all of the actors who played actual players and, I'm getting towards the end here. So, um, mm-hmm. out of all of the, the actors who played the players, who do you think actually had prior baseball experience?
1: Oh, man. I'm it- going to
0: say the main guy. So, uh, Tom Bergener and Corbin Burnson.
1: My guess is the manager. Like, Charlie, back in the day, Charlie Sheen.
2: Charlie Sheen? Charlie Sheen was a high school baseball player and he was a pitcher. Is that why he likes, spe- yeah. is
0: hmm? that why he likes speed, speedball so much? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, might be. Um, after high school, he was actually offered a, uh, a full uh, a full baseball scholarship to Kansas University or to the University of Kansas. And his dad Kansas. is
0: like, no, you're going into the family business. <laughs> Pretty much.
2: <laughs> but um when they were filming the movie Charlie Sheen was consistently throwing fastballs in the high 80s whoa which made it really easy for them to depict him throwing at 100 and 101 yeah so you know th- there's uh, that and but he also admitted in sports illustrated that he took steroids for a Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Charlie Sheen. He did.
0: Char- Charlie Sheen took drugs? <laughs> what? What?
2: Okay, so I got to get into the whole Charlie Sheen thing here. I'm so, oh, good. When I see Charlie Sheen, I don't think Rockstar from Mars. To me, that's like watching an old rock star that I grew up with who's finally turned old and senile. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, yeah, he's a jerk. He's a dick. Whatever. I can, you know, I I cannot ignore this behavior and call him out for it, but I knew him from this. And I knew him from Hot Shots and I knew him from Hot Shots Part Duel. Like I knew him from his movie comedies that he did back in the 80s and 90s. So that's why when I see these movies and I see Charlie Sheen, I'm thinking about him making fun of Rambo or, you know, p- or walking out onto a baseball field with thick black framed glasses with a skull glued to the center of them. Like I'm not thinking of of him from Three and a Half Men because I never watched that show because I never ever found that show funny, even when he was on it.
0: See, I knew him from Spin City. Like that's that was my introduction to Charlie Sheen. And then like right after that was Scary Movie, and then he became like the Charlie Sheen that everyone knows.
2: Yeah, see, I didn't, like, my following of Charlie Sheen began and ended with these movies.
1: Nobody corrected me ever on this, and I don't know why they haven't, but for years I was like, Charlie Sheen, he was great in Apocalypse Now.
0: It's Platoon.
1: Uh, Martin Sheen was in Apocalypse Now. And I was like, I've never seen Platoon either. But, like, I mixed him and his brother up, and, like, I think I've been saying this for about 20 years now. No one's correcting me.
0: Martin Sheen's his father. Martin Sheen's his father? His brother is Emilio Estevez.
1: I did not know these things.
2: Okay, so, funny thing that happened. Have either of you two seen the Hot Shots movies? The ones that made fun of Tot Gun and made fun of Rambo? No. Never seen them? Okay. I've
0: seen, I think I've seen one of them.
2: Okay, so. There's a, a spot in the second one where they're on a Vietnam era like patrol boat that, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the, uh, the one that you're on in Call of Duty Black Ops when they're doing the like sympathy yeah. for the devil thing like yeah. that type of boat. So they're on that and they're going through this jungle and another one comes at them with an American flag on it and they pass. And on the other boat is Martin Sheen. Uh. And on the boat that they're filming on for you know the hot shots movie is Charlie Sheen, and both of them are writing, and they're doing the like monologue of what they're writing and Charlie hears his father and he looks up, and then you hear his father. You, you you hear Martin's one, and they both stand up, and as they ride past each and and as and as they go past each other, they yell at each other, "Loved you in Wall Street." In Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so I God. mean, like that's what I think of when I think of Charlie Sheen. I think of that scene.
1: And
0: Charlie yeah. Charlie Sheen's real name is Carlos Irwin Estevez
1: did not know that.
0: Yeah. The more you know. I'm
1: learning so much today.
2: So yeah, so there Okay. Um So yeah, so when it comes to baseball films and baseball comedies. Devin, I know that you said that you that was a you did enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Um and that you wanted to see more sports movies. Do you Are do you think you're? I mean, great. I know it's a comedy, but as a baseball fan, I have to ask: um, Mm -hmm. Are you understanding a little bit more of like the baseball nuance, like jokes or the baseball nuance stuff that's in it?
1: Yes, until one point. Okay. When Wesley Snipes caught the ball and he goes, "Great job! Don't ever do that again." I went. Isn't his job to catch the ball? Okay. Did he get yelled at for catching the ball? So. When
2: you go to catch a ball like that, if you ever watch uh, an actual game, college, Little League, whatever, they hold the uh, and for for people who can't obviously are listening, you can't see what we're doing. I'm physically doing what I'm saying. You're going to put your hands up over your head and look up and you're looking past the top of the glove. Yeah. And you're guiding your glove to meet the ball. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's 90%. 99.999% 99.999% of the time you're going to catch that ball if you do that. Yeah. If you have talent and you know what you're doing, yes, you can make a basket catch like that. But your risk of dropping the ball skyrockets. Oh. So it was and his technique when he caught it. It, it it's it you I mean. Basket catches are great if you're running your ass off, and that's the only way you're going to catch that ball. By all means, mm-hmm. do a basket catch. And what he was referencing and why they said it was um, uh, Willie May- Will, uh, Willie Mays Hayes, the, the, uh-huh. the actual person that he's referencing by doing the basket catch. There's a famous catch where – he runs out and the ball comes over his shoulder from behind him and he reached out and caught it. There's no way he could have seen the ball coming until like the last three seconds and he caught it. So that's, that's what he's referencing by catching the ball like that. And what Lou Brown is saying is, you know, Hey man, that's a great catch, but you're not doing that ever again because we can't risk you dropping that ball.
1: That makes sense. Okay. I thought I was like, Oh, well, in my mind I was like oh well he needed him to not catch that ball so then the next inning or the next like batter they could get two more people out and they messed up the strategy like I went like way too far with that
2: that's even the wrong line of thinking but I'm not gonna even touch that That, no it was it was
1: it was a bad line of thinking trust me I know I know where I'm wrong
2: okay um so Alan, I know before you said that there were parts of it that you liked and parts of it that, that and parts of it that you didn't like. To kind of wrap things up, I mean, did you want to talk about the stuff that you kinda of had like that that really wasn't your like thing on it compared to like what you did like in it?
0: I mean, I think I covered most of it. It was okay. mostly the the love story that I didn't appreciate. Okay. Um I mean I, I think I've just seen so many ragtag team of misfits in a sports game that I'm just kind of over that story. Um, It's done well here. um, But I I think the Charlie Sheen-ness of it and um, that love story just really took me out of it. I enjoy Wesley Snipes. Um, I see that he's not in the second one. So that makes me really not want to watch it. But I did see that the bad. <laughs> oh. I see I see that they replace him with Omar Epps. Oh. Yes. So. Yes.
1: I like
2: Omar. Um, Epps. One of my f- the only gag I like from the second one is uh they get a new catcher, younger catcher because mm-hmm. you know the other guy's got bad knees and he can't mm-hmm. concentrate. He's throwing wild, he can't concentrate on the game, but they always show him reading Playboy magazines constantly he's constantly reading playboy magazines and so they finally ask him about it and he says well it really calms me down before and after the game i read it and i can vote fo- you know focus or whatever so he's like do you know what the articles are he's like yeah i read them every day he's like then read them out loud to yourself when you're playing the game you can focus then and that's what he does and huh. he ends up becoming the best catcher in the league because he's verbally reading out you know like out you know out loud during the game articles about the playmates. So it's throwing <laughs> off the batters because he's talking about like what kind of underwear they like and everything oh else. My gosh. So, I mean, there's that. Um Yeah, but that's the only like gag I, I like from the second one.
0: Okay. And I see that Scott Bakula is in the third one. I'm assuming that it's just a sequel to quantum leap and he leaps into somebody's <laughs> body on the Indians and has to uh put right. What once went wrong.
1: If it's not, I'm going to be sad.
2: Yeah, no, I, I refuse to watch the third one. I've, oh, wow. I have I love the second one as a kid, but I tried watching it again, uh, like, honestly, a month ago, and I couldn't get through the first five minutes.
1: Oh, wow. Ew. Like,
2: it, it's not good. Um, Is it like a bad Randy Newman
1: song this time? Well, no, it's like...
2: <sighs> It's the next season and they're all famous and they change the characters like here. uh, um, Ricky Vaughn goes from being like the punk to being the new money guy. And he shows up wearing a suit and all of his fans are there in leather jackets and mohawks. And he, you know, and he walks out of a limousine with a, you know, late 80s business blonde and is like head and is like head to toe corporate it's weird yeah um but i think i may have reached my end all right because there's a ton of other stuff that i wanted to go over but i'm not because i could (laughs) i told alan before i could go forever with this type of stuff but i just wanted to get an idea of like what you guys thought about the film give you some nuanced things about behind the scenes and how this movie affects like baseball fandom culture and stuff like that so okay yeah. yeah,
0: when it comes to baseball, we have to give you a limit or else we'll be here all night. <laughs> so.
2: No, um <laughs>
0: not that that's a bad thing. Yeah, I know, I know. It's just
2: Yeah. Uh this movie was supposed to be and for the listeners, the whole sandlot this movie, the last movie we're going to be doing, this was supposed to mark Sp- uh, uh uh the the All-Star game, which is not being played this year because it was supposed to be played on the the, you know, on the break, which is not going to happen because the season's starting after. Um, but instead, this is for
1: the season opener. So that works. I
0: think that does it. Devin, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, and this is probably a controversial one, but uh, if at any point anyone said, hey, Devin, we're watching a baseball movie tonight, you have to pick, and I would pick this movie over Sandlot, like, pretty pretty quickly. Like This movie yeah. was, for me, a lot better than Sandlot.
2: Well, th- this movie is what fans of Sandlot grow up to like, like here, got it. you go, here's the, the baseball fandom movie growth. Sandlot yeah. you, uh, you find as a kid, major league, you find as a preteen or a teenager. And if you're lucky enough with parents that actually, you know, grow with you with it, um, yeah. or, you know, like walk you through the film, that's your next movie. So this is like the teenage baseball, like, you know, like fan film. And then uh-huh. you get into the Kevin Costner movies. And then uh-huh. at the, and then the movie that the majority of lifelong baseball fans claim to be their favorite is usually Bull Durham. So, like, this is a oh, growth. Wow. So,
1: yeah. this is like, we're, you know, we're doing it.
2: Yeah. And, and, and this is it. And then we're going to do, we're going to move it around a little bit because Moneyball is going to be next because I really want you to see Moneyball before the other ones because yeah. it's more of a serious drama.
1: Which is cool because I haven't seen it. They've all been like comedies so far. Yeah. And like I want to see like a drama around baseball. Mm hmm. And believe me, you'll get it with Moneyball.
2: Good. So I'm so, good. Uh, s-
0: since, <laughs> since we're at the end, I want to bring up something else I didn't like about this movie. That's fine. It just ends. It just ends. Like you don't get <laughs> to see the owner's reaction at all. So uh, on that note, <laughs> bye. <laughs> <laughs> and we cut no. that off. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much does it for this week's episode Yeah. Yeah. or second episode. I don't know. Whichever we need, we we, we need to pick, we need to pick, we need to figure this stuff out, but, (laughs) um, yeah. So that does it for you. Have to watch this podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to our podcast. Uh, and leave a review if you can. We, we really like hearing your guys' feedback. If you have any comments, you can email us at you have to watch this podcast at gmail.com. Um, and until next time, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. Just a bit outside. No. <laughs> a, B, C. A-always-B-B-C closing. Always be closing. Always
1: be closing. A-I-D-A. Attention, interest, decision, action. Attention.